that was on the table back there, but if you didn't get it, don't stress because we are not going to be covering it today. Uh, this is the next lesson, Victory Through Unity, that's in the series, and that is what is next. And we put it out there. It's available and ready for you to pick up. We'll get to that next week. But as I mentioned last week, the lesson that we have from uh, Brother Townsley here uh, has the title is Prayer and Fasting. And uh, we did spend a good amount of time dealing with prayer specifically, and then at the conclusion there, uh, kind of right in the conclusion of the lesson that was written already, it says prayer and fasting together is a very powerful uh, tool, and, but there really wasn't any instruction or anything with regards to fasting specifically. And so I wanted to do that. Now, I have a handout for you to put into your lesson, but it's getting printed and hole-punched and all of that right now. Um, so... I don't know why it wasn't done earlier, but it's getting done now. So they should have that here shortly. Um, There are three things that are found in Matthew chapter 6. That Sermon on the Mount, uh, you know, our Lord's uh, uh, most famous message. uh, And in that message, there's three things that are very powerful for the believer and an expectation that every believer would be involved in. And uh, those three are prayer giving, and fasting. Those are three things that are addressed there in that, in that message. And we as Christians need to uh, realize and utilize what God has planned for us to be able to uh, get the most from. Now, fasting is not encouraged much today. It's not, it seems like it's taught on very little and practiced even less. Matthew Henry said that fasting is a laudable practice and we have reason to lament that it is generally neglected among Christians. He says, we've, you know, this is a practice that we should be excited about, but we have reason to lament, we have reason to have sorrow uh, to be cast down is because in a general rule or by and large, it's, it's neglected by many believers that we're not involved in this spiritual activity of fasting. This neglect of teaching on it, neglect of practicing it has left many Many believers with a lot of questions with regards to fasting. I've had many questions over the years that believers have asked me. I mean, even is this is fasting for New Testament Christians? Is this something that New Testament Christians should be involved in? And is this a requirement? Is this something that we have to do? Is uh, what's the frequency of fasting? How often should we fast? Or is a long fast more spiritual than a short fast? Or you know, just so many different questions people have had with regards to uh, fasting. Uh, But I want you to know the Bible does have a lot to say concerning this topic. Um, It really does. Um, First of all, it's mentioned about 75 times in the Scripture, 44 times in the Old Testament, and 31 times in the New Testament. With uh, all of that that's in the Word of God, I'm pretty sure that we can address or answer uh, the questions that you might have with regards to fasting. So now we are encroaching upon or getting into the notes where you need to be filling in the blanks. And uh, I'm assuming that they're going to have these here shortly. Uh, Andrew, can you walk back to the office and find out if they have any of those completed? Um, And if we can get them passed out here. This uh, has been one of those weeks. Um, you know, I was talking to, uh, 
one of the ladies this morning, and I don't want to put her on the spot, but I said, you know, if I was honest, I'd have to tell you it was a challenging week this week. You know, it's just, you know, we just say, oh, it's, it's things are going good, but uh, the, the well, uh, Brother Matt calls me Friday night or Saturday morning early, and the well on the church is, the, the pump's gone. We have, we have no water. Uh, we do have water this morning because we hauled water yesterday. Uh, a lot of yesterday was involved in just getting water into the well uh, so that we could have water here today. And this next week, we'll get into and work on uh, the well itself. So, uh, you know, it's just one of those things, uh, but one of those challenges. So he's got a few lessons there he's passing out. So this will be good supplemental notes for your book that you'll be able to um, kind of plug in right there at the end of last week's lesson and before this week's lesson. Now, I did not put page numbers on it. Although we did lay it out relatively close to the kind of the same layout or pattern of of the lessons that we've been looking at so that they would work together. I've already given you one uh, the first set of blanks, I believe, at the top there uh, of the first page. So I've already mentioned that. Um, I believe now after after this, I'm not going to know where your blanks are. Uh, so if you're missing uh, a blank or you don't have an answer and I, you see that I'm beyond that, like I'm addressing something past it, just raise your hand and I'll go back and try and answer it uh, because I don't have a copy of that with me. He could give me a copy, but I'm not going to be able to reference both sheets to try and see where I'm at and all of that. I'm just teaching through my notes and uh, hopefully you'll be able to catch the blanks. Pastor Gus is going to try and put a few of them up there for you. But the first answer is there. 75 times it's mentioned in the scripture, 44 times in the Old Testament, 31 times in the New Testament. So the first question that we want to address or look at is, is it a requirement to fast? Okay, the short answer is no. No, it's not a requirement to fast. That's, that's the short answer. Uh, but the better question one might ask themselves is, would it please the Lord? Would it please the Lord for you to fast? Uh, that would be a good question to ask. Or would it be in the will of the Lord for me to fast? And so um, we can basically, if you, if you address it or look at it from that respect, then the long answer is yes, <laughs> you know. Uh, now, not obviously, not there's not a demand or a command or something like that in the scriptures that says you know you have to do this or this often or this many times or whatever. But I believe that the long answer is an emphatic yes. In Matthew chapter six, verses sixteen through nineteen, there's an expectation given to us there. He says, "Moreover, when ye fast." Be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So, there is an expectation there. He says, hey, when you fast, when you're involved in this practice, when you do this, as often as you're going to do it, when you do it, do it this way. And he gives some basic uh, guidelines with regards to that. So there's an expectation uh, that we are going to be involved in it. Um, the Christian will at some point, this will be part of his life. Some things 
are really only accomplished through prayer and fasting. That's clearly taught in the scriptures. Uh, there are some strongholds. There are some, some burdens that you might have. Uh, maybe some, some way of overcome, something you need to overcome. And it's only going to be accomplished through prayer and fasting put together. Those two things, as we said in the conclusion of, our, of last week, that it's a powerful tool available to the believer. When those two are combined, it literally uh, is a powerful way to see God and heaven work on your behalf. Matthew 17, 21 says, How be it this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. So the expectation that there'll be prayer and fasting, and it's a powerful tool when we put those together. I believe uh, that the examples given in the scriptures teach it. So not only is there the implication or uh, the expectation that Christians would be involved in this in the, 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 just the very words that are used, but I believe that examples that are given to us, the early church fasted in Acts, 6, in Acts 13, verse number 2, and in Acts 14, 23, 13, 2 reads, And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. So we see the early church fasting in verse, uh, chapter 14, verse number 23. And when they had ordained them elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord and and on whom they believed. So the early church fasted. Paul fasted. Paul was involved in fasting. We see several times, we're not going to read it, but 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and 11, uh, verse number 27. So, uh, you know, it, it says there uh, when he's talking about the challenges and things that he's been through or what he's done in his life, he, he says there, in fastings often. So Paul uh, fasted often. I wonder how often fasting is part of our life. Uh, how often is that part of our spiritual walk? You say, well, once every four or five years, six years or ten years or uh, I don't know. But Paul fasted often. Uh, Christ expected the disciples to fast after he left. So in his words to them in Matthew chapter 9 verses 14 and 15, he says, Then came he to the disciples of John, saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but the disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then shall they fast. So he was talking about the disciples. Obviously, the question was raised, Hey, we're so spiritual, and we're fasting and, and praying and all this. Why, why don't your disciples do that? And he says, Well, uh, they're right here. They're with me. They're walking with me. Uh, so there's not that expectation. But Christ is saying, When I'm gone then they will fast. And so we kind of see, again, just that overall writing idea that Christians will be involved in fasting. Then I've given you a list there. I don't know that there's any blanks with regards to it, but there are many people in the Bible who fasted. I gave you a list of their names and the places in the Bible where they fasted. And it might be a good study for you if you're wanting to dig into it to look at, at the situations that arose and what caused these men to fast. You could say, I'm going to look this up. I'm going to read these and, and maybe just make a note next to him. He fasted because of sickness. He fasted because of uh, sin. He fasted because there was a, a burden in his family or for somebody else. Or, you know, you could look at those uh, different places and just kind of dig into that a little bit if you would like to. So um, 
is there a reason to fast? Basically, what is, what is the reason? What is the motivation for fasting? Uh, you'll learn that a little bit if you go back and look that up with all those different people that fasted in the Word of God and see what their reasons were. But there are many personal reasons one might choose to fast, and there are some very spiritual reasons one might choose to fast. What we're dealing with here in the Word of God really is the spiritual reasons, but some personal reasons. Uh, you know, fasting can be good for you physically. It really can help you physically. It can make a difference in your body. Sometimes dealing with a sickness, just fasting can, can help. It can detox your body. Fasting can be a good detox. There are certain, you know, I've never done any of them, but they have these drinks that you can and it's supposed to detox your body, you know, if you drink this every morning for a week and, or whatever, help clean your system out and detox everything, get, get all of that out of there, uh, you know, but just fasting does that. If you stop putting it in, your body's going to start cleaning, cleaning itself out, and so it can detox your body. It can help you lose weight. Uh, I have for a year now been doing intermittent fasting and, uh, you know, have lost over 30 pounds. By the time I meet my goal, which is a little more, I'll be at 40 pounds. Uh, and so it can help you lose weight. Very good thing to do. Again, it's healthy, but that's not the kind of fasting we're talking about here. Uh, that does not do anything for me spiritually. It does help me physically, and I guess it helps me in regards to disciplining your body. Um, and that is very good because we're supposed to have our body under control. But what we're dealing here uh, really is the spiritual reasons uh, for fasting. Now, in, in times of public adversity, we see in the Bible often that in times of public adversity, uh, men fasted when a nation went to battle in Judges twenty twenty six. Then all the children of Israel and all the people went up and came into the house of God and wept and sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until Eve and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. You see, the children of Israel uh, were going to go uh, chasing the inhabitants of Gibeah. They were planning to go slay them for, or judge them for what they did. Uh, they asked Benjamin to give up the guilty, present the guilty parties, and they said no. So they took up arms. They went to go fight them, but they didn't seek God, and they lost. They tried to fight them, I think, two times, and they lost. But then the third time, they said, wait, we need to seek God. Let's pray. Let's fast. And when they prayed and fast, fasted, God gave them the victory. Jehoshaphat claimed to fast uh, when the battle was upon him in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 2 and 3. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side of Syria. Behold, they be at Hazentamar, which is in Engedi, and Jehoshaphat feared and sent himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. He says, hey, I need everybody participating. I need everybody getting uh, praying and fasting because the enemy is at hand. You know, a good time to fast, uh, I think it might be uh, when a pandemic hits the country, right? When uh, an entire country, we're not sure what's going to happen. And, and so you can commit yourself to fasting. Um, so I just want to look at the notes here that you have and see uh, what you have. So, okay, there's uh, health. There's some things there that there's some blank area. You can write some notes because there's not a lot of this part on there. But, uh, you know, when a nation is in mourning in Second Samuel 
chapter 1 and verse number 12, when the nation was in warning, they fasted. Uh, he says, and they mourned and wept and fasted until Eve for Saul and for Jonathan, his son, and for the people of the Lord. So the, the, the nation mourned and fasted because Jonathan uh, and Saul were killed. Remember when they were killed in battle? Now God even planned and, and was said, this is what's going to happen. John, Saul's no longer going to be king and he's going to end up dying. Uh, but the people mourned his loss and they prayed and they fasted. So, uh, so we see not only times of public adversity, but also times of private affliction. Sometimes there's private affliction that comes upon us and, uh, we need to pray and fast for things in our life. Some of those might be a health affliction. Uh, David prayed for the life of his son. You remember that, that David's son was sick nigh unto death and David went and fasted and prayed for the life of his son. Uh, you know, the, that story there, his son died and David got up, took off his sackcloth and ashes, uh, went to go eat. And he says, listen, he's, he's passed away now. There's nothing I can do. But as long as there was a chance, a possibility that uh, God would hear and see, he was fasting and praying for the life of his son. So a health affliction when, when you have something going on in your life or for somebody else that you love and care for and you can fast for them. Maybe a spiritual attack when Satan comes and attacks you and, and it's just oppressive and it's just nonstop. It's on top of you. Uh, a spiritual attack to break the yokes that come on you, to loose the bands of sin that come over us. In Isaiah 58, verse number six, he says, Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness? He says, I've, I've invested or, or I'm, I'm involved in this fast why? Because I've got this, this band, this, this, I'm, I'm bound, this sin has got me all tied up and I need victory over it. And uh, sometimes this kind cometh not, but by prayer and fasting and getting serious about it and saying, okay, I want victory over this sin. So I'm going to fast and ask God to help me to overcome this and to see my way through to the other side. And God can and will do it. That verse goes on uh, and to undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free and that, the, that uh, ye break every yoke. So break the part, the bounds, and the things, the chains of sin that holds you tight. Um, so someone that's truly serious about overcoming a sin that has them in, in its grips will invest time in fasting and praying. I don't think they're really serious until they're willing to do that. They may say, oh, I wish I didn't have this anymore. Boy, I would like to get past this, or this sin really bothers me. But they haven't really got serious about it if they're not even willing to fast a meal, to fast a day, to fast for a period of time. That's when we know, and God knows, that you're serious. So you pray for when you have health afflictions or a spiritual attack, or when you're seeking answers, when you're seeking answers. Ezra 8.21, the Bible says, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Havon that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of him a right way for us. So they were going to seek a right way. They said, we need an answer from God. We need to know, should we do this or should we do this? So we want to seek that right way. We want to know what God's will is. We, need to, we, we don't want to go into this all by ourselves. We need direction from God. When you're seeking an answer from God, a very serious decision in your life, you ought to, you ought to fast about it. You know, making some, some of the big decisions in life 
uh, times that you really ought to fast and, and just seriously seeking God and saying, okay, Lord, I need an answer. I need direction. I need to know what your will is. So getting clear insight for the next step or what God wants you to do. Solving problems, maybe even in your family. Lord, I need to know how to solve this. The Bible says, if any of you lack wisdom, let them ask of God. It's available to us. We can ask God for it. We might need to get serious and say, I'm going to pray and fast. I'm going to seek God. In Ezra 8.21, he says, then I proclaimed to fast there. This is a verse I already read, but he says, then I proclaimed to fast there at the river that we might afflict ourselves before our God. He's saying, listen, we're going to put ourselves under. We're going to deny ourselves the enjoyment, the pleasure of, of eating, of, of uh you know, whatever it might be to fast from this, we're going to afflict ourselves before God to show him how serious we are. To really get a hold of God because we need an answer. We need to know the right way. So these are some areas of, of fasting and I've got a lot more notes I need to keep moving, but I feel like I've been plugging away and you guys are listening well. Uh, everybody's uh, awake today. That's good. No, nobody's snoring. Uh, but... Um, I've just been moving, and I know you don't have near as many notes off of what I'm teaching as you've had in the past. So some of this, you're like, wait, that's not here. That's not in here. That's not in here. So there's a lot of things I'm giving you that aren't in your notes right there. Uh, of course, if anybody wants to uh, look at these or get other notes added to this, you're welcome to peruse through my notes and get what you want off of them. But um, So when we're, when we're fasting, when we have a health affliction, when we have a spiritual attack, when we're seeking answers... Um, and so we see fasting, we pray in times of public adversity, in private affliction, or also we see in the Bible several times uh, for a powerful anointing, we see them fast. This happened several times. We read the passage already in Acts 14.23, where they ordained the elders of the church, where they sent out Paul into the ministry. They ordained these men to go do a job for God, and, and they, they brought them together. And oftentimes when you'll see somebody go through an ordination, everybody will come up and all the men will stand and pray and basically asking God to put a special anointing on this man to give him power to do the work that he's been called of God to do. And he needs wisdom and he needs power. He needs insight. He needs discernment. There's so many aspects of, of leading other people that a leader's responsible for. And so men will come and pray and put their hands on them and, and try and just really uh, show the, the uh, solemnity of it, how important it is, but also uh, at begging God that they would have power to do the work. Well, taking that one step further, it, what they did in the New Testament there, they prayed and fasted together that the men that were going to do the work would be empowered by God to go do it. And so times of powerful anointing, when they send out ministers, when the leaders of the church at Antioch uh, there, they did this for Paul and Barnabas when they went out. So is there a regularity to fasting? The question there, should there be a regularity to it? Now, I've been pretty regular uh, about my fasting, intermittent fasting. You're supposed to be on kind of a, a set schedule to help you lose weight. Uh, that's not what we're talking about here. But we're saying, how often should you fast with regards to spiritual things? Well, there's not a, a set uh, schedule in the scriptures. There's no specific guidelines. But, you know, he says, when ye fast. 
And so I guess the, the, the reason would dictate or control the regularity. Like how, if you have a reason to fast, if you have a burden you're carrying, if you have a struggle you're going through, if you have a sin you're trying to get a victory over, that burden or weight would say, okay, I need to fast once a week until this is done. Or I need to fast this much till, till I get victory in this, till I see my way through this. So although the Bible doesn't tell us exactly how often or when to fast, uh, it's simply up to each believer as God lays it on your heart to do, to, to do so. But the regularity or would be determined by the reason that you have. When is there a need to fast? Uh, D.L. Moody said, I will fast when God lays it on my heart. Um, well, he was, saying, uh, he was saying here, some will say, I will fast whenever God lays it on my heart. And then D.L. Moody said, the problem is, is most believers are too cold and indifferent to take that yoke upon them. He says, the problem is, is if we say, well, I'll fast whenever God says, you know, leads me to do it. And uh, he's saying, most of us are too cold too indifferent, we're not burdened or concerned enough about our spirituality to say, I need to fast. And therefore, we're not really open to the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you need, you need to be fasting. And so what I'm saying is you might look at it, and especially after a lesson like this, and say, okay, Lord, when should I fast? Or, or really pray about it and seek it and say, Lord, I want to I wanna be in touch with you. We as a church are praying for revival. This is a great reason to spend some time fasting. Saying, okay, I'm going to fast through lunch today. And instead of eating lunch, I'm going to pray for revival for Hunt Valley Baptist Church. I'm going to take that time I'd normally be eating and I'm just going to pray and, and seek the Lord for revival. And you do that once a week for the next three weeks as we're coming into revival. Or, you know, every two or three days or whatever the Lord lays upon your heart. But uh, do it as oft as, as you really, there's a need and you know the Lord would want you to. So there's not a set guidelines. And for how long should you fast? There's no instructions in the Bible specifically as to the extent of time that anybody should fast. Uh, one day, I've given you these, I think. These are examples of different people fasted for one day. Uh, they, fast, they fasted twice a week in Luke. They fasted for three days in Esther before the, her time there, you know where she was brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. Uh, they fasted for seven days in 1 Samuel, 14 days in Acts 27, 40 days in Matthew. Um, you know, anything over about three days, you really need to be in very good physical shape. Uh, you probably should have a doctor's consult to uh, be fasting more than that. Uh, I did watch a documentary on a guy that set the world record in, for the number of days fasted. And initially, he planned or set out to fast for 40 days. And he went, they documented everything. He went and had a complete physical done. He went and talked to his doctor. His doctor met with him once a week during his fast and checked all of his vitals, made sure everything was good and he was doing well. He had two friends that were with him all the time as he fasted these, like, because this is very hard on your body. I wouldn't recommend you go fast 40 days. Uh, and uh, anyways, he got to 40, and you know, after a certain point, your body actually loses its appetite. Like, it, you get so far, and it's kind of like, it's not. And they say there's ebbs and flows, like it can come back, and then it hits you with a vengeance, you know. And I, I don't remember what day, I think he said day 20 or 23 was like really bad. Like, he was just hunger pain so much. But uh, anyways, he reached 40, and he thought, well, why not go to 45? And he reached 45, and he says, why not go to 50? 
And uh, so then he decided to set the world record. So they contacted the Guinness World Book of Records and said, uh, hey, what's the record? Uh, and so I don't know. I don't remember exactly if it was at 49 or 51 or I don't remember exactly where it is. But he fasted that many days under doctor supervision. OK, but I'm just saying doing it a day or two uh, you can do by yourself. Yes. Yes, this is very good. Uh, even one day can be detrimental, especially different. I mean, you know what your health situations are. Obviously, you have many diabetics. You, you can't just not food, not eat. So the Lord understands that. You say, well, I can't be spiritual because I can't fast because physically I can't. No, there's other things that you can fast. And we're going to talk about that in, in just a moment. But you do need to be wise about it. Okay, so how long should you do it? Don't just think, well, I'm going to be super spiritual and do it for a month, you know, and, and then we're here having a celebration of life for you. <laughs> we don't want to do that, okay? Uh, so is there a right way to fast? Now, there's different fasts, and this is what we're talking about here. Uh, there are four different types of fasts that we see in the Bible. There's a normal fast, which is an abstinence from food. In Luke 4, 2, we see that he ate nothing. Uh, being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing, the Bible says. So a, uh, this is a normal fast where you refrain from taking in uh, solid foods. During that type of a fast, you may say, well, I'm going to drink, uh, you know, apple juice or I'm going to drink orange juice or you're going to take in liquids of some kind to get some nurture, uh, nutrients or whatever. But I'm not going to eat solid food for this time, whatever it might be. Um, but you obviously want to continue to drink uh, lots of water. That's very good for you. Um, so a normal fast would be an abstinence from food. There's an absolute fast. This is an abstaining from all sustenance. Food and water and stuff. In Esther 4.16, we see that they did not eat or drink for three days. Uh, that type of a fast is, you talk about being detrimental to your health. Uh, and so very, very cautious there with regards to that. But it is a type of fast that we see in the scriptures. We see it in several places. Deuteronomy 9.9, 9, uh, neither did they eat bread nor drink water. Deuteronomy 9.18, neither ate bread nor drank water. Exodus 34.28, he did not eat bread nor drink water. So a, a complete absolute fast is found in the scripture. There's also a partial fast that you can do. So you have uh, a normal fast, an abstinence from food, an absolute fast, food and water or all drink. And then a partial fast would be an abstinence from certain types of foods uh, or certain meals. Like I'm going to fast for lunch today or one meal. Or I'm going to fast from something you really enjoy. And you say, I'm going to give that up for a month. You're still going to eat. You're still going to eat all the stuff you'd normally eat. But something you really enjoy, maybe you are a coffee person and you got to have coffee every morning. And you say, you know what? I'm going to give up coffee for a month. Uh, and I'm going to take that. And just every time you get a desire or a wish for coffee, you say that's, that's a stirring of your heart to motivate you to pray. And to pray about what the need or concern or burden is. And so you could do a partial fast, and that's an abstinence from certain types of foods or meals. Um, in Daniel 10, 3, we see that. He says, and I ate no pleasant bread. So he ate no pleasant bread. Nothing that was, that, that bread that was really enjoyable, the stuff he loved, we would call it cake. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know what he would call it, but... Uh, Probably not. He probably wasn't thinking cake, but, you know, maybe desserts. Uh, my brother-in-law, 
He said a meal is not a meal until dessert has been consumed. You know, that is, that's the way he grew up. And uh, so my sister, every meal, doesn't matter what they're having, it's got to be finished off with some type of dessert, something sweet. And uh, his poor family, now he personally is pretty strict about his own diet, but his poor family, they're all very large. And uh, that comes from eating dessert at every single meal. Uh, but... You know, maybe you want to do that, no, no pleasant bread. You just refrain from having dessert. Now, normally I have dessert at every meal. Well, now I'm not going to. You could do that. So we see that in several places. Daniel chapter 10, verse number 3, Genesis 24, 33. Uh, he just refused to eat meat uh, until they completed the task. So he gave up meat. That would be a fast for me, uh, giving up meat. I'm a meat eater. So um, now sometimes, again, cautioned you, there are medical reasons. You cannot do one type of fast or another. And the Lord knows that. And he, I mean, listen, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. God made you who you are. God designed your body and, you know, whatever restrictions you have, he knows. And uh, so you can find a fast inside of, uh, you know, your physical limitations. Uh, you could even fast from, from TV, uh, from entertainment, so we're talking, not talking about physical food. You say, well, I can't fast food. I have to eat so many times every day or so many, you know, whatever, so many calories. But you could fast from entertainment. Say, you know what, I'm going to give up entertainment. I'm going to give up digital devices for, for a week and really concentrate on my relationship with God. And so there's other things and ways that you can fast and do that. So uh, I've got to move quickly. Is there a routine for fasting? Uh, yes. What should you do during fasting? Like, is it just giving up food? Like I'm doing for intermittent fasting. Basically, I'm just trying not to eat food. There's not any other secondary motive there. I want to lose weight. So I'm just refraining from eating food for c- certain hours. But if you're talking about a spiritual fast that you're doing and you're wanting to see a result, well, then yes, the routine is you really should be committing to prayer. The whole idea is when your body calls for food and and desires something and you say, boy, I'm really hungry and I want to go eat. Well, that is a reminder for you to go pray. So you need to be involved in praying. Praying and fasting goes together. If you're going to be praying, you're going to be confessing sin. You want to get completely right with God, 100% right with God. Make sure there's nothing between you and the Savior. So praying, confessing sin, spend a little extra time reading scriptures. You say, I'm praying, I'm fasting, I'm seeking God. Well, part of seeking God is reading his word. So just spend some extra time. Read, read three times a day. Normally you just read in the morning while praying and fasting and, and looking for an answer or looking for direction or uh, getting, wanting somebody to be healed. You say, I'm seeking God. I'm going to spend a little more time reading the scriptures. And I have references there. Do you guys have those um, in yours? So we did the types of fast, the routine of fasting, pray, confess, and re- Yeah, there's the references right there for you. Um, I'm not going to read those passages because we need to move on. Then some practical instruction, um, just some basic things. In Matthew 6, 16, he, he gives us some basic things about how we should behave when we fast, okay? Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. Um, you know, sometimes... I, I really try not to, like, unload on people, you know, <laughs> like they come in and say, how's your day? Oh, my goodness, you wouldn't believe it. Uh, you know, but at the same time, sometimes I feel like maybe I'm being dishonest because they're like, how was your day? And I'm like, oh, fine, yeah, things are going good. 
And you know, well, I'm like, oh, that's why when Ms. Sheila came in this morning, I said, yeah, I said, if I, if I was honest, I'd have to tell you, it's been a challenging week, you know. I said, I'm still on top. The Lord's still in control. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm pleased. I'm not discouraged, but it's been a rough week. And uh, so just trying to be honest about it. Uh, but I don't want to, everybody deals with struggles and I don't want to unload or, or you know, just uh, dump on people. But he's saying, hey, don't, don't walk around with a sad countenance. Don't make it like, oh, I'm fasting. You know, the idea is it's not to be seen of men. You know, we want to be seen of God. And he goes on and further gives instruction here. He says, hey, wash your face, brighten your countenance. Make sure you look like everything's normal, everything's fine, because what we want to do is get a hold of God, not necessarily receive the praise of men. Uh, so don't be sad in your countenance. Don't do it to be seen of others. Dress in normal apparel. Now, oftentimes you'll see um, people in the scriptures will dress in sackcloth and ashes. And uh, that idea of being in a state of lamenting and uh, that in your privacy of your home, in your, around your family. Uh, by the way, if you're fasting, you should let your family know. I mean, you don't want to come home and your wife's prepared a great meal for you and you're like, oh, I'm fasting today. Uh, you know, just let them know, hey, I'm going to be fasting tomorrow. And, uh, you know, so that, that will help them. And it also is not like, well, nobody can know about it. Well, then what are you going to, you're going to go sit down at the dinner table and not eat. And then they're like, well, why aren't you eating? Well, uh, because I don't like lasagna <laughs> or whatever. I mean, just, I'm just saying you can share with those that are right immediately with you. They'll understand, oh, you know, mom's fasting today or whatever. And, uh, you know, so it's not that you're trying to be seen of them. It's just being, making them aware of why you're not at the dinner table or whatever. So. Um, he says in verse number 17, but thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face. The idea of just making yourself presentable, be in normal apparel, look normal. Um, then uh, he says in verse number 18, he says that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. So ultimately, we want God's reward, right? Not just, oh, man, he's so spiritual. The scripture says there you have your reward. And that's an awful lot to go through just for somebody to think you're, you're somebody. What we want to do is seek, we want to seek God and get something from God. And so he says there, go to God in secret in verse number 18. Uh, don't boast about your fasting. Um, and then I would encourage you to start slow. I think I'm not sure what all there, but just start slow. Be, you know, we get ambitious sometimes as humans and, you know, we want to conquer the world or, be super spiritual and we think, well, I'm going to fast for three days and you've never fasted before. There are people that have built a habit of fasting in their life and they fast on a regular basis and, and they can do that. Uh, but you just start slow. Fast one small thing or fast one meal or, you know, as you grow or build up a little bit and, and you know you're in good condition and it's not affecting you adversely, you can fast more. So there's really, I wanted to get you some practical things about fasting that you would have in your notes to be able to take with you. Uh, and uh, as that lesson was on prayer and fasting. So next week, we will get into back to the lessons we've been looking at with victory through unity. Let's close in prayer.